واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد brothers and sisters in islam war creates the strongest and most bizarre allies sometimes the best ally in a, in war is a familiar face someone who shares the common foe when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent adam and his wife hawa to dwell on earth it was intended to be a temporary dwelling place a temporary abode of struggle and warfare with external foes and internal vices allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran ba'da wa billahi minash shaitanir rajim wa qulna ihbitu ba'dukum ba'dakum li ba'din adum wa lakum fil ardi mustaqarrun wa mata'un ila hin allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and we said to them get out of jannah get out of paradise ba'dukum li ba'din adum you being enemies to one another meaning adam and hawa and shaitan being enemies your external foe enemies to one another the earth will be a temporary dwelling place for you wa mata'un ila hin until a time determined prior to this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already identified to adam his external enemy forewarning him or giving him a prelude to an evident combat that will continue on until yawm al-qiyamah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said فَقُلْنَا كُفَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ إِنَّ هَذَا عَدُوٌّ لَكَ وَلِزَوْجِكَ فَلَا يُخْرِجَنَّكُمَا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ فَتَشْقَى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and we said to Adam that this one here is an enemy to you and to your wife هَذَا عَدُوٌّ لَكَ وَلِزَوْجِكَ this one here is your enemy and the enemy of your wife fala yukhrijannakuma min aljannati fatashqa so do not let him get you kicked out of paradise so that you end up in misery and here we are do not let him get you kicked out of paradise so that you end up in misery and as the saying goes if you know the enemy and you know yourself you need not fear the result of 100 battles but if you know yourself but not your enemy for every victory gained you will also suffer a defeat but if you know neither your enemy nor neither yourself you will succumb in every single battle khalil ibn ahmed one of the scholars of the bahas he said ar-rijal arba that there are four types of men four types of people in this world rajulun yadri wa yadri annahu yadri fa hadha alimun fattabi'uhu there's a man who knows and he knows that he knows This is a man of knowledge, a man of intellect. Follow him. He knows and he knows that he knows. Follow him. وَرَجِلٌ يَدْرِي وَلَا يَدْرِي أَنَّهُ يَدْرِي فَذَلِكَ نَائِمٌ فَأَيْقَظُوهُ And then there's the man who, do, who, know, who doesn't know. He knows but he doesn't know that he knows. And this is a man who is sleeping. All you got to do is wake him up. Just wake him up. The consciousness is there. He just doesn't realize it yet. He said, وَرَجِلٌ لا يدري ويدري انه لا يدري فذلك مسترشد فارشدوه 
Then there's the man that doesn't know, but he knows that he doesn't know. And all you have to do is give him direction, give him guidance, and he'll be okay. Then there's the man who doesn't know, and he doesn't know that he doesn't know. This is the man you wash your hands of. He's in complete ignorance. He doesn't know, and he doesn't know that he doesn't know. A complete ignoramus. Remove him from your circle. Wash your hands of him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the children of Adam the same exact warning that he gave Adam. Knowing that this battle would transcend, this battle between man, human, and shaitan, this battle would transcend Adam and his wife and continue on with his progeny until Yom Al-Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya bani Adam la yaftinannakumu shaytan La yaftinannakumu shaytanu kama akhraja abwaykum min al-jannah O children of Adam, do not let shaytan be a fitna for you just like he got your parents kicked out of Jannah. Are we clear about who the real enemy is here? Because some of us we wage war against everybody else except the real enemy. We're confused about who the real enemy is. He said, O oh, children of Adam, the same warning that he gave to Adam. Yeah, Benny Adam. O oh, children of Adam, do not let Shaitan be a fitna for you just like he got your parents kicked out of Jannah. In addition to this, the earth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made as a temporary dwelling place for Adam and his progeny is filled with temptations that appeal to the internal vices of the human being, making him his own worst enemy if in fact he fails to address these vices and restrain them. Allah, the Prophet wasallam, mentioned in an authentic hadith, inna dunya hulwatun khadira, khadiratun wa inna allaha mustakhlifakum fiha fayanzur kayfa ta'amalun fattaqu dunya wa attaqu nisa fa inna awwala fitna tabani israel kana fin nisa the Prophet said that this dunya, the life of this world, it is green and sweet. Green and sweet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed you here on the earth to watch you and see how you fare. Watch you and see how you act on this earth. He says, so So fear this dunya and fear women. And he specified the women from the dunya, although they are part of the dunya, to highlight the danger. He said, because indeed the first fitna of the children of Israel, Bani Israel, was women. The first fitna of Bani Israel was women. The Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, لَمَّا كَانَ جِهَادَ أَعْدَاءِ اللَّهِ فِي الْخَارِجِ فرعاً عن جهاد العبد نفسه في ذات الله كان جهاد النفس مقدماً على جهاد العبد جهاد العدو في الخارج وأصل له فإنه من لم يجاهد نفسه أولاً لتعمل ما أمرت به وتترك ما نهيت عنه لا يتمكن من جهاد عدوه في الخارج فكيف يجاهد عدوه الخارجي وعدوه الداخلي بين جنبيه قاهر عليه ومتسلط عليه انتهى كلامه رحمه الله تعالى ابن قيم رحمه الله تعالى said that waging war against the external enemy is a branch of waging war against the internal enemy 
However, waging war on the internal enemy takes precedence over waging war against the external enemy. He said, because he who does not wage war against himself to do what Allah commanded him to do and stay away from what Allah told him to stay away from, then how can he possibly wage war against his enemy on the outside? How can you wage war against your external foe, your external enemy, when you don't even have enough self-restraint to control and to subdue the internal enemy? Not going to happen. Some of our internal vices were identified in the Quran. And it's important for us as human beings to acknowledge what our vices are. To acknowledge what our deficiencies are. That's half of your battle. As some of our scholars used to tell us in school and in university, understanding the question, understanding the question is half of your answer. Understanding you is part of your solution. Understanding your vices is part of the solution to your problem. But we know everybody else's problem. And we can solve everybody else's problem. We give the best advice to everybody else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Shouldn't he know best, the one who created you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows us better than we know ourselves. And he highlighted and identified many of our vices in the Quran. All you have to do is read. Read the, the Quran and understand what your vices are. And I'll mention just a few of them. Number one, hastiness, which we inherited from our father, Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the human being was created in haste. You were created in haste. We will show you our signs. So don't hasten them on. As the disbelievers there used to say, if what you're saying is the truth, then let Allah, let God punish us right now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, We will surely show you our signs. Don't hasten them on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't move on the time of the human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala moves at a period that was determined before the human being was even thought of. Hastiness, which we inherited from our father Adam. And the scholars they explain, Adam min that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew the soul, the spirit into Adam, it started from the top of the head and it began to work its way down. When it got to the waist of Adam, before the soul could even finish. Before the soul could even finish occupying the rest of his body, he looked up and saw his legs. He saw the fruits of Jannah and tried to get up, but he couldn't get up because the soul hadn't finished. Many of us suffer from this when we try to get up quickly from a deep sleep. When you sleep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes your soul from you. There's a process going on there. So the soul is connected to the body, but the soul is also connected to an outer world, an outer realm from the unseen. And sometimes when we are waking up abruptly and our soul hasn't really finished occupying the rest of our body, sometimes we're sluggish, sometimes we become very clumsy, sometimes we can't really comprehend, we're incohesive, uh, incoherent, right? Because the soul hasn't finished occupying your body yet. That happens to us even when we're awake. 
So what happened to Adam السلام, and this is where we inherited our hastiness from as Ibn Abbas he said that if it wasn't for the fact of the hastiness of Adam the human being would have never been hasty. So here we are today trying to make things happen before it's time and as the scholars say that whoever is hasty to make something happen before it's time he will be punished by it not happening at all. That's the punishment of being hasty. Number two from our vices is argumentative. The human being is the most argumentative of creatures. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ صَرَّفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لِلنَّاسِ مِن كُلِّ مَثَلٍ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَكْثَرَ شَيْءٍ جَدَلًا And indeed we have put forth for mankind in this Quran every possible parable, every example. وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ أَكْثَرَ شَيْءٍ جَدَلًا But the human being is the most argumentative of creatures. The most argumentative of creatures, which is why Yom Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seal our mouths shut and allow our body parts to talk. There will be no more defending yourself. No more defending yourself as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. الْيَوْمَ نَخْتِمُ عَلَىٰ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, on the day when we will seal your mouth shut and your hands will speak and your feet will bear witness against, the, against you because of the things that you used to do. Number three, from some of our vices, and all of this is relevant to where I'm going with this. Number three from our vices is that we are emotionally unstable, both men and women. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights this in the Quran in a number of places. Allah says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the human being was created anxious, was created emotionally unstable, alu'ah, that when some good comes to him, that when evil touches him, harm touches him, he becomes fretful and anxious, right? And then when some good comes to him, then he forgets his state. He forgets that period of time when harm touched him and he was anxious and he was fretful, right? And complaining. And when some good comes to him, now he becomes stingy. He wants to deny other people the same privilege that he had previously. Allah mentions in another ayah, that when we give mankind, when we honor him and you know, akramahu wa na'amahu, we favor him and we honor him. He says arrogantly, my Lord has honored me. Look at what God has done for me. But then when we test him and we restrict his means, then he turns on God. God is humiliating me. There's no balance. There's an imbalance in our emotional state as human beings. 
Number five, from the vices that we suffer from, as mentioned in the Quran, is that we take kindness for weakness. And this is one of our greatest traits as human beings. Someone does something nice for us, and then we take that kindness as there's a weakness in that person, and we try to take advantage of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya O you human being, and notice Allah didn't say, O you who believe, O you who disbelieve, Ya yuhal insan, O you human being, this is a human quality. What has deceived you about your Lord who is most generous? You have allowed the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to deceive you. Allah mentions in another ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, inform my servants that indeed I am ghafoorun rahim. I'm forgiving and merciful. But don't let that deceive you. But my punishment hurts. My punishment is severe. Don't let that deceive you. Don't let the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoorun rahim, forgiving and merciful, deceive you into continuously being disobedient to him and thinking that you're getting away with something because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment in the end is very severe. And the list goes on. Nonetheless, after grasping the reality of this world, it is important for us to understand that the greatest and the most valuable commodity that we can attain from this world is a righteous wife. Mar'atu salih, a righteous woman. Someone to aid you in your journey. Someone to stand by your side and assist you in the multi-layered battles that you will face in this war, in this battlefield that we call earth. Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ad-dunya mata' wa khayru mata'i dunya al-mar'atu salihah. That this world is just a temporary enjoyment. Ad-dunya mata', this dunya, this life, this world is just a temporary enjoyment. He said, and the best enjoyment, the best commodity that you can get from this world is a righteous wife. That is the only thing that will stay with you in this life and transcend into the next life along with you. And this world being a matat, being a temporary enjoyment because we're just travelers passing through. We stay here for a specific amount of time and then we move on. Our departure, we move on to the next life. And this is why the Prophet said, Be in this world as if you are a stranger or a wayfarer or a traveler. Someone who is not, this is not your final destination. This is not your, when you travel, even if I could just use a modern day example, when you travel and you have a connecting flight going somewhere else, you don't go and take your bags off. Your bags stay on because you are only in the airport for an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, a layover. That's what we're doing here in this life. It's a layover. Don't unpack everything here. It's not over with. You have another destination, a final destination that you have to reach. But many of us live in this world as if this is it. All of our focus, everything that we do, everything in us is attached and connected to this world. But what is a righteous wife? We hear this term mentioned all the time. What is this righteous wife, the Prophet And the Messenger of Allah was very detailed. He never left anything vague for us to interpret on our own. Things were explained to us 
As Anas said, ma mata nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa taraka lana hatta ta'irun yatiru bi janahihi fi samai illa taraka indana ilma that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't die and there's a bird flapping its two wings in the sky except that he left us some knowledge about it. Things are not just left for us to interpret it on our own. What is a righteous wife? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, khayr nisa ya'ni mar'atu saliha idha nadarta ilayha sarraka وَإِذَا أَمَرْتَهَا أَطَاعَتْكَ وَإِذَا غِبْتَ عَنْهَا حَفِذَتْكَ فِي مَالِهَا وَنَفْسِهَا The Prophet sallallahu said that the best of women, the righteous woman, إِذَا نَظَرْتَ إِلَيْهَا سَرَّتْكَ When you look at her, she pleases you. Not necessarily physically, but the internal her that you see, the character of this woman. When you look at her, إِذَا نَظَرْتَ إِلَيْهَا سَرَّتْكَ Because your wife may not always be pleasing to look at physically. But she will always be, when your concentration is on her character, her personality, the condition of her heart, she's a good person. That Allah doesn't look at your physical bodies and your shapes, but Allah looks at your hearts and your deeds because that is the definition of man, not how you look physically. You are not defined by how you look physically because that is something that fades away. That's something that is not, that, that's transient. That is not something fabric. Your definition, the definition of who you are should be based upon something that is more concrete than just physical outlook, physical appearance. But you are defined by the condition of your heart and by your deeds. That when you look at her, she pleases you. وَإِذَا أَمَرْتَهَا أَطَاعَتْكَ And when you command her, when you ask her assistance with something, right? She obeys you. Obeys you in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because obedience to her husband is not independent of obedience to Allah. It's consistent with obedience to Allah. لَطَاعَةَ لِمَخْلُوقَ فِي مَعْسِيَةِ الْخَالِقِ There is no obedience to the creation in disobedience to the creator. أَبَدًا when you command her, she obeys. She adheres. She responds to the call. And that when you are gone in your absence, she protects your honor by preserving herself and by preserving your wealth, preserving your money, preserving herself in your absence. This is a righteous woman. And the best and most valuable commodity we can have is this mar'atu salihah, this righteous woman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the woman from the rib of Adam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خُلِقَتْ min dil'in That the woman was created from the rib, meaning the wife of Adam, Hawa. She was created from Adam's rib, which gives her the unique task of doing what a rib was designed to do. And the, pur the purpose of the rib, the main function of the rib, which is in the center of your chest, is to protect your heart. That is the unique task that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the woman is to protect the heart of her husband by empowering him to enter into his battles both within himself and outside of himself successfully. Khadija radiallahu ta'ala She was just that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ran home after seeing Jibreel for the first time and he was scared. He said, Zammiluni, Zammiluni, cover me, cover me. And he said to Khadija, I'm afraid for myself. I'm, a, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't know what is happening to me. I believe that God is punishing me. And Khadija, she said to the Prophet Sallallahu She said, no, I swear by Allah. Inna Allah la yukhziku. Abadan that Allah will never humiliate someone like you. 
She said, Wallahi, innaka la tasilu rahim, wa tasduku al-hadith, wa tahmilu al-kala, wa taksibu al-ma'dum, wa tuqri'u al-dayf, wa tu'inu ala nawa'ib al-haq. She said, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, you keep good ties with your family. You tell the truth all the time. And you show the responsibilities that are not yours. And you take care of your, your, your guests. And you help those that are calamity stricken, those that are in need. Allah would never humiliate someone like you. And this is what a righteous woman does to her husband. When he is feeling down, when he feels like the world is becoming overwhelming for him. She is the one that's there to empower him and lift him back up the same way that Khadija did with the Prophet And this is why that when Khadija died and Aisha made a comment about, uh, about Khadija, the Prophet was there to defend her. Aisha said to the Prophet minha. She said, why did you keep mentioning Khadija? Wasn't she nothing but an old woman? She's an old woman. Why do you keep talking about her when Allah has replaced her with someone better? Me. And the Prophet ﷺ, his loyalty to Khadija would not allow him to let her get away with that. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Wallahi ma abdalani Allahu khayran minha. He said, Wallahi, I swear by Allah that Allah did not replace her with someone that is better than her. He said, She believed in me when nobody else believed in me. That's what a righteous woman does. No matter how much your dreams seem, because as men, sometimes we can be big dreamers. We can be big dreamers. We want to tackle the world. And your wife, a righteous wife, is there to tell you that you can conquer the world. Not tell you that your ideas are stupid. Not tell you that you're an idiot for thinking about something like that. Not shooting you down every time you try to get in your mode of conquering the world. We all have those grandiose ideas of going big, going hard. That's our nature as men. And that nature should be complemented by the rib that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed to protect our heart, not to crush our heart, not to break our heart, not to break our spirit. And many of our wives, many of our women, they do that to us as children. They break our spirit. Sisters, you have to stop doing that to your men. Khadija, look at what she did. She built him back up. After the world had all, the, don't, we don't need anybody else to do that. The world does a good job of beating up on us. I do a good job of beating up on me. I don't need to come home and have my spouse do the same thing to me. I need you to empower me. I need you to uplift me so that I go back out into this battlefield and I am equipped. I'm empowered. I'm invigorated. I'm inspired. That's what I need from you. That's what a righteous wife does with her husband. And the Prophet ﷺ returned the favor. His loyalty was impeccable. He said, Wallahi, Allah didn't replace her with better than her. Didn't replace, uh, give me better than her. He said, Wallahi, she believed in me when no one else believed in me. He said, And she found me to be truthful. She accepted me as being honest and truthful when everybody else called me a liar. And she aided me with her wealth when everybody else denied me their wealth. He said, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me all of my children from this woman and didn't give me children from anyone else. So Allah did not replace her with someone that is better than her. And it was this loyalty that the Prophet ﷺ had, but you can see 
that the quid pro quo dynamic is there. Khadija aided him in his struggle, and even when Khadija died, the Prophet aided her in her struggle. That pettiness between women where a woman tries to tear your honor down and it's nothing more than for a woman to have a husband there that defends her honor, that stands up in her honor. They're returning the favor because they're fighting the same war. They're fighting the same war. So Khadija, essentially she breathed life into the Prophet She protected his heart from being overwhelmed with grief and insecurity. And in turn, the Prophet protected her honor in her absence, both fighting multiple battles within the same war. Both fighting multiple battles within the same war. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said very beautifully in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the believing men and the believing women, the believing men and believing women, they are protectors of one another. This is the description of the believing men and believing women. They are protectors of one another. They enjoin what is good. They forbid what is evil. They establish the salat. They pay the zakat. They obey Allah and they obey His Messenger. These are the ones. Those are the ones whom Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will have mercy on. In Allah Azizun Hakim, indeed Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is mighty and wise. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al Azim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bima jaa fihi min al Ayat wa dhikr al Hakim. Akunu ma tasmaun. Astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'ir al Mu'minin min kulli dam. Fastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al Ghafur Rahim. الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على دين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك لا إقرارا به وتوحيدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله In recent times many couples have lost sight of this unique spousal dynamic and have chosen to face their battles alone meaning single, divorced and so you're going to go out into the battlefield and fight your battles all by yourself. Or with a spouse, you're in a, you're in a relationship, but your spouse is either emotionally or spiritually disconnected. So you still end up fighting your battles by yourself. Or even worse, we've turned on our spouses and turned our spouses into our enemies, thus creating multiple unnecessary battles within the framework of the initial war. Understand something, your spouse is not your enemy. And if your spouse is your enemy, why are you with them? Your spouse is not your enemy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already identified for us who our enemy is. And just because we have an uphill battle in our relationships and our marriages with our spouses does not mean that we turn the battle into a war. We can get through these little challenges that we have in our relationships 
the Prophet ﷺ, the best of men, his wives, the best of women, they had the same challenges. Abu Bakr asked permission to enter into the house of the Prophet ﷺ, and he heard Aisha shouting at the Prophet ﷺ. He heard his daughter shouting at the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, raising her voice, shouting at him. And when Abu Bakr went to go grab Aisha, the Prophet ﷺ came in between Abu Bakr and his daughter Aisha. Now, although we having problems, I'm not going to let you put your hands on my wife. Simply because, just because we are having a battle, we're not going to turn this into a war. This is not the war. This is not my household. This is not the battleground. We're having a small challenge here that we, a hurdle that we will get over. But I'm not going to let anybody else come in between us. And some of us allow our, our mothers and our fathers, mothers-in-laws and fathers-in-laws to disrespect our wives, disrespect our children, disrespect our, our family members, people that are dear to us. The Prophet wouldn't even let Abu Bakr, his best companion, even come in between him and his wife. That was his daughter. And he had more right to admonish her. But the Prophet Sallallahu no, not going to happen. If we argue, we fight, that's between me and her. Nobody else has anything to do with that. We allow third party interferences in our marriages. Sometimes imams come in and make our marriages even worse. Sometimes friends come in and make our marriages worse. Sometimes people just need some space and they'll figure it out on their own. They'll figure it out. Take divorce off of the table and you'll figure it out. When divorce is not a factor in your marriage, eventually you'll figure it out. You'll find a way to make it work. And then the Prophet after Abu Bakr stormed out in anger, he was angry and upset at his daughter disrespecting her husband. And the Prophet looked at Aisha and he said jokingly, he said, He said, don't you see how I just saved your life from that man? That man was going to kill you. I just saved your life, girl. Choking with her, showing that although I'm, I'm angry at you, I'm upset with you, it never gets to the point where I don't see you as my wife anymore. Never gets to that point. Even Aisha, the Prophet um, he said to Aisha, I know when you're angry with me, and I know when you're upset with, uh, you're upset with me, and I know when you're pleased with me. She said, how? Because as, as, a, as a woman, she's trying to figure out how are you able to connect the dots here. Some women just don't think that we're that smart. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that when you are pleased with me in your conversations, you say, Warabi Muhammad, I swear by the Lord of Muhammad. She said, he said, but when you're angry with me and you're upset with me in your conversations, you say, Warabi Ibrahim, I swear by the Lord of Ibrahim. So it was because of that pattern I noticed that you're probably angry with me when you swear by the Lord of Ibrahim instead of the Lord of Muhammad because you're angry at me. You're, you're upset with me. But Aisha turned to him and she said, Naam, She said, you're absolutely right on Messenger of Allah, but I only boycott your name. I still give you your rights. I still feed you. I still satisfy you sexually. I still give you every right that belongs to you, although I'm upset with you. We don't have to turn every battle into a war into our homes. We don't have to make our homes a battlefield for warfare. That's not what our homes should be. In ending, there was a narration 
on the authority of Asma bint al-Yazid al-Ansariya. I want you to listen to the words of this woman. This woman, Asma bint al-Yazid al-Ansariya. As Umar mentioned that the women of the Ansar, they were, they were very bold. They were very, you know, audacious. Unlike the women from Mecca who were very, you know, docile and the men were more aggressive than the women. He said, but when we migrated to Medina, we found that the Ansar, the women were more aggressive than the men. In some cultures, you have men that, women that are way more aggressive than the men, and the Ansar were like that. So this woman, Asma bintu Yazid, she walked up to the Prophet وسلم, while he was sitting with his companions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa Adam abu rijal wa abu nisa wa hawa umma rijal wa umma nisa ba'thaka Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ila rijal wa nisa she said oh messenger of Allah she came to him while he was sitting with his companions amongst a group of men and it wasn't normal for a woman to do that in that culture for a woman to just walk up in front of a group of men and address them but Asma she walked up to the Prophet while he was sitting with his companions and she said May my mother and my father be sacrificed for you. May they be ransomed for you. She said, I am a delegate. I am one of the few women from the many women that are coming to you. She said, and I know myself that there's no woman who hears about me coming to you except that she holds the same opinion as I do. Meaning I'm coming to you representing all of the women in our community. They're just too afraid to come to you and tell you. She said, no woman who hears about this conversation that I'm having with you right now, except that they will agree with my opinion. She said, indeed, Allah sent you to the men, sent you with the truth to both men and women. In another narration, she said that Allah is the Lord of the men and the Lord of the women. And Adam is the father of the men and the father of the women. And Hawa is the mother of the men and the mother of the women. And indeed, Allah sent you with the truth to both men and women. She said, She said, and we women, we believed in you, and we believed in the God that sent you. She said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, we women, we believed in you and the Lord, the God that sent you. She said, And we women, we stay in our homes, we beautify ourselves only for our husbands. We stay in your homes, you men, we stay in your homes. We beautify ourselves only for you. We come out into the world, our wives, they face the world somewhere in Niqab, somewhere in Jilbab. They don't want to wear that, but to preserve their chastity, to preserve their honor, preserve the honor of their husbands, they come out in the world. They tolerate everything that they tolerate, so much so that in this country, we have National Hijab Day, where non-Muslim women stand in solidarity with Muslim women, sympathizing with their struggle. While many of us as men are dismissive of their struggle. 
Some of us tell our wives to take the hijab off because you're embarrassed, you're ashamed. She said, we believed in you and the Lord that sent you. We women, we stay in your homes. We beautify ourselves for you. We satisfy your desires. When you come home at 1 o'clock at night, after I haven't seen or spoken to you all day long, and then you want to have sex, I satisfy your desires. We satisfy your desires even when we don't feel like it. She said, We carry your children. One, two, three, four, five children. They done pushed out of them. Some of them done had their stomachs cut open. Because they can't push them out. Or they don't want to push them out. They cut the stomach open. We should cherish those scars just as we cherish the children that bore that that that, 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 that through those scars they were brought into this world. How dare we have the audacity to say, my wife is not attractive anymore. She's put on weight or she has scars here and I want to marry another wife. It was because of your children. She did that for you. You should cherish those scars. Cherish her weight. Because all of that is as a result of those two, of those two, three, four, five children that you consider so dear to you. Never paying homage to the womb that bore them. She said, we carry your children. And you men, she said, you men, you have been given precedence over us. Because Jumu'ah is an obligation on you, you go to Jumu'ah. Some masajid don't even have a space for the women. Some masajid you go to, Jumu'ah is only for the men. There's no space for the women. Can you imagine that? Even in Muslim countries, Muslim countries, there's no space for the women because the women stay home. So you've been given precedence over us. You go to Jumu'ah, you go to Jama'at, you, you attend the five daily prayers. And you go visit the sick. And you go and you follow the funeral procession. And you make hajj every year. Wallahi, I know brothers that make hajj every year. I know brothers that make hajj every year and don't take their wives with them. I know brothers that make umrah every year and never take their wives with them. You make hajj, ba'dil hajj, hajj after hajj, wa umrah ba'dil umrah, and one umrah after another. While we at home in your houses, satisfying your desires, having your babies, right? And then you curse us out, you curse the women out, we choke our women, we verbally abuse them, physically abuse them, psychologically abuse them. MashaAllah tabarakallah. He said, well, she said, what well, if that because she had She said, and, and greater than all of this, you go out and you fight jihad in the cause of Allah. While we don't, jihad is not an obligation on the women, even though they wanted to fight. Umar Mara, who ran out on the battlefield to go fight, because she had a thirst to go fight in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she wasn't allowing no man to stop her. Better than all of that, you go fight jihad, fi sabidillah. وَإِنَّ الرَّجْلْ مِنْكُمْ إِذَا خَرَجَ حَاجٍ أَوْ مُعْتَمِرًا أَوْ مُرَابِطًا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ حَفِظْنَا لَكُمْ أَمْوَالَكُمْ وَغَزَلْنَا لَكُمْ أَثْوَابَكُمْ وَرَبَيْنَا لَكُمْ أَمْوَالَكُمْ فَمَا نُشَارِكُكُمْ فِي الْأَجْرِ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ She said, indeed, a man from amongst you, he might go out to make hajj, go out to make umrah, go out to fight fi sabilillah, while we at women sit, will sit at home and we'll preserve your wealth for you, we'll stitch and sew your clothes for you, right? We'll take care of your wealth, we'll make sure your money is not misappropriated. She said, so why aren't we getting the same reward as you? Why, it's the same struggle, the same battle, the same war. Why are we getting the same as the men? 
And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam فالتفت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى أصحابه بوجهه كله ثم قال هل سمعتم مقالة امرأة قط أحسن مسألتها من 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 في أمر دينها من هذه المرأة. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam turned to his companions and he said, Have you ever heard a statement as profound as the comment of this woman? Have you ever heard a statement more profound than the comment of this woman? He said, فَقَالُوا يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ مَا ظَنَنَّا أَنَّ الْمَرْأَةَ تُهْتَدَى إِلَى مِثْلِ هَذَا So one of the Sahaba said on Messenger of Allah, we never thought that a woman could be guided to articulate such a comment. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, فَالْتَفَتَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ إِلَيْهَا ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهَا أَنْسَرِفِي أَيَّتُهَا الْمَرْأَةَ وَأَعْلَمِي مَنْ خَلْفَكِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ أَنَّ حُسْنُ التَّبَاعُ الْإِحْدَى كُنَّ لِزَوْجِهَا وَطَلَبِهَا مَرْضَاتِهِ وَاتِّبَاعِهَا مَوَافَقَاتِهِ يَعْدِلُ ذَلِكَ كُلَّهِ He told the woman, go back and I want you to teach all of the women that are behind you in this, this opinion that you have. Go back and teach all of the women that are behind you that the woman being a good wife to her husband and seeking to please her husband and seeking to gain the the approval of her husband which some of us will some of our wives will probably never gain our approval they're never good enough they're never going to be good enough mashallah we want complete obedience from our wives yet we disobey allah subhanahu wa ta'ala late in the day and night but we want complete obedience from our children from our wives and we get frustrated when they don't listen, when they don't obey, right? And that's probably a reflection of the same frustration that you should be feeling when you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why can't you get it right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You want your family to give you 100% obedience, but yet you want to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 60-70%. وَيْلُوا لِلْمُطَفِّفِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا كَالُوا عَلَى النَّاسِ يَسْتَوْفُونَ وَإِذَا كَالُوا هُمْ أَوْ وَزِنُوهُمْ يُقْسِرُونَ these are the people who, when they have people owe them money, they want it in full. But when they have to give others, they want to give you a little bit here, a little bit there, right? Until they're all paid up. This is, this is how we do as human beings, another one of our vices. So the Prophet ﷺ told her that you can achieve the same reward as all of what the men do of Hajj and fighting and Umrah and all of the things that the men do, Jumu'ah and Jama'ah. Salatul Jama'ah, all of those things, those rewards that the men are getting, you get the same thing just for being a good wife. The same thing. Go back and teach the rest of the women that are behind you. <coughs> However, the dilemma is that many of us have complicated the task of the woman. Her being a good wife, we've even complicated that. We threaten them with punishment. If you don't fear Allah, you don't obey Allah. Sister, fear Allah. Allah is going to punish you, right? We're threaten them with the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the smallest infractions. We invalidate the good that they do while our demands of them sometimes are very unrealistic and in some instances injurious, right? We've turned them into our enemies while partnering with shaitan in the war that he created and we have validated the war of shaitan against our spouses. The Prophet وسلم, he said to his companions, A man used to drink and come around him drunk, intoxicated. And one of the Sahaba said, Allahumma may Allah curse him. 
And the Prophet turned and he said, Don't help, don't aid, don't assist shaitan against your brother. And this shows us that some of us can be supporters and helpers of shaitan against the people that we should be loving and we don't even realize it. Ask yourself, who is the real enemy? So what is important is not to fight, but to fight the right enemy. That what's important is not to fight, but to make sure that you are fighting the right enemy. With your spouse, when you make love your weapon, then the battle eventually comes to a halt. When we battle with love, I admonish you out of love. I do everything that I do with you out of love. Our weapon in the home, in the battle of the home, should be love, nothing else. Our battle with shaitan is something totally different. Brothers and sisters, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understand that we are at war here. And we need allies. The last thing you need is another enemy. Your spouse, your wife, your husband, sister is not your enemy. And if your spouse is your enemy, why are you with them? And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our marriages. We have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his mercy and his, 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 his generosity to preserve and to protect our children who are being raised in these marriages. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our communities. Allahumma a'izz al-Islam wa al-Muslimin Allahumma a'izz al-Islam wa al-Muslimin Wa dam al-Shirka Wa dam al-Shirka wa al-Mushrikeen Wa dam al al ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يقربنا إلى حبك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين وأقيم الصلاة